Yesterday, we lost a real star, a real New York icon, a legend. So many visions, all of us, of Willis Reed limping on the court before a championship win against the Los Angeles Lakers. And even though I was born in 1967, and I was only two years old when the Knicks got that first championship, and only six when they got the next one in 72-73, I've seen every video, every movie. In fact, I was at the Garden just three weeks ago before the Knicks blew out the New Orleans Pelicans, and they honored that 73 team, the 50-year anniversary. When you think about that team, sure, Willis Reed comes to mind, Walt Frazier, even 72-73, Earl the Pearl Monroe, Bill Bradley, Bill Jackson, all those guys, the Busher. But the guy that comes to mind for me first is a man that I've idolized my whole life, a true hero. And you know I love Mike Breen. Breen and I are very, very tight. But the greatest play-by-play announcer in the history of sport any sport, is Marv Albert. And believe it or not, on this morning, the day after Willis Reed passed away, he's kind enough to join me right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. My dear friend Marv Albert, how are you? Sid, I'm fine. Thank you. That was very, very kind. And yes, Mike Breen does do a great job. But uh, I appreciate that. And it's uh, yesterday is a very tough day. Uh, I mean, Willis uh, along with being the heart and soul of the Knicks, was just a, a wonderful guy. And um, the, the key to the championships, I mean, he was the most respected player probably in the NBA at, at that time. So uh, there are so many memories about, about Willis and, and that particular team, which uh, I think catapulted the NBA to a, a place they had never been. Then they, you know, there was a drop off and now, you know, they're back. But uh, that was a very exciting, just the way they played with the passing and the defense and Red Holzman's job and, you know, Dave DeBusher and Willis and Clyde and Bill Bradley, Dick Barnett, then eventually Earl Monroe. That was, uh, you know, quite a group. It really was. Earl, of course, joined the Knicks after he really couldn't beat them. He got tired of losing in Baltimore to the Knicks, and he said, let me uh, let me join you guys, and he won with them in 72-73. But specifically, right. Marv, that 1970 season, when the Knicks got that championship, and you know, people don't realize this, but Willis Reed won both NBA Finals MVP, and in 70, won the regular season MVP as well. So that year, 1970, was really Willis Reed's year. No, no question about it. He... I, just the drama of uh, Willis being hurt uh, when he went down in Game Five of that of that series, and then uh, the Knicks rallied uh, with four different people at 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 center. This is when you were two years old, so uh, you yes. probably only read about it. But uh, it was DeBusher and Dave Stallworth and Bill Hoskett, who was a a young guy, and Nate, Nate Bowman. Uh, played Will Chamberlain, you know, basically one-on-one and did the best that they could. But the Knicks went on a streak, won that game, lost the the following game in L.A., and then came back for game seven. And the big question was, would Willis be able to get on the court? Would he be able to play? And uh, most people thought he would not. And I uh, was doing the pregame show before I did the radio broadcast of the game, and I was uh, interviewing Willis, actually in the trainer's room, saw him get the shot, uh, asked him, do you think you're going to play? And he said, yeah, no question. And usually when athletes say that, you know, well, what else are they going to say? He's not going to say no. <laughs> so uh, the teams 
were getting ready to play. They get warming up, and just minutes before they were about to play the national anthem, there was no Willis uh, on the court. And then I looked down from the broadcast booth, and there's a thunderous roar, and there's Willis hobbling his way out of the court. Uh, chills. Excuse me. And then uh, uh, the crowd couldn't believe it, that he was going to play. He was in the starting lineup. The Lakers just stopped and stared. Will Chamberlain and Jerry West and uh, the rest of the club, they just were uh, amazed that Willis had shown up uh, in uniform and ready to go. Then the game starts. He hits a a jump shot from the right side. Minutes later, hits another one. Those were the only two buckets of the night for Willis. And uh, he played maybe 18, 20 minutes. But the Knicks went on and they actually killed the Lakers in yeah. the first half, and they wanted 113 to 90, 99. Oh, Walt Clyde Frazier that night was responsible for like 80 points. I think he had 36 right. points and dished out 19 assists. I mean, you know, we, you know, Willis, of course, was the heart and soul, the NBA Finals MVP, and and he was a big man. And back then, the big man was still an integral part of the game. Unlike today, where seven foot two guys dribble up and shoot threes, but uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, you know, he was out there actually. Or doing the speech at the Garden about three weeks ago, more when they honored the seventy-two, seventy-three team, and I don't think people these days have any idea how good Clyde was. Any idea? Well, that game that he had, sir, that night may have been one of the greatest of all time in a playoff series for a uh, a guard. He had thirty-six points, nineteen assists, and and you're right, he counted for like seventy-four, seventy-five of the next one hundred thirteen points, and uh, could have made a. A pretty good argument uh, for being really actually the the MVP of that series. But, uh, yeah, he had a spectacular game. Willis Reed, out of Grambling, uh, second round, and went on to become the great big man for the Knicks and uh, won two championships and just an unbelievable figure, even when he went to the Garden years and years later, like just a couple of weeks ago, by the way. And then he went on, of course, as you know, Marv, and he had some coaching jobs, even college and but those uh, vice president GM jobs with the Nets, part of that Chuck Daly right. team that had Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson, that team had some success. They beat the Sixers one year. And then, of course, still with the Nets when Jason Kidd took that team to two successive NBA Finals appearances. So uh, Willis had some some real success, too, in front office work after his career. Yeah, coaching didn't work out that well, though, like when he, no. he, he ended up as, as a head coach of the Knicks. But, yeah. you know, you got to have the players. I mean, that's uh, that's part of it. And, and the team Red Holzman had was, was incredible, particularly after some very long seasons uh, you know, at Madison Square Garden. So you, you have to have the players. But I, I, I think that uh, Willis – had the experience to coach, but it just it it just didn't work out. And I know with the, with the Nets, he was in the front office. I don't know how much say he had, but that, as you mentioned, when Jason Kidd joined the team and they were able to uh, develop the squad that you know went on to the two championships game uh, games, they were they were they were a very good team, even though they lost both. Well, they lost a better team, though. They lost to Tim Duncan and the Spurs and Shaq right. and Kobe and the Lakers. So, I mean, as good as he was and a young Richard Jefferson and Keith Van Horn and Kenyon Martin, they were not the better team on the court. And you know that, Mar, because, of course, you went to uh, do those games. But I have to tell you, uh, your career, just move away from Willis for one second, amazes me because I grew up on East 22nd Street in Quentin Road. And I was exactly two blocks away from Madison High School. 
And more when they talk about the Madison High School greats. They mentioned Bernie Sanders. They mentioned Chuck Schumer. They mentioned my cousin Norm Coleman. But of course, we all know maybe the greatest Madison graduate ever was Marty Glickman. And people will say to me, if Marv Albert is not the greatest of all time, then it's Marty. And sure enough, you're a ball boy for the Knicks. And you replaced Marty one game on radio, and there came your career. You even replaced Marty, I think, with the Giants in the 1970s. Right. He went on to do the Jets, yes. The Jets, yeah. right. And I remember just a couple of months ago, you got the same award that me and my late partner Bernard McGurk got from Teddy Atlas three years ago. Now, I never got it because of the snowstorm. I got it a year later. But Teddy gave you the very coveted Jack Newfield Award, and you talked an awful lot that night back in November about Marty Glickman's What he meant to you, his influence on you, clearly it was a big deal. You said Marty was was my mentor when I was in high school. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. He was doing a show called the High School Game of the Week, and uh, that was very popular in the New York area. And uh, being at Lincoln High School at the time, they came to Lincoln early on, and uh, I ended up keeping statistics for him. And uh, to make a long story short, got to know him, uh, I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster. He was the guy that I used to emulate when I would shut down the uh, sound on the television and uh, do games on my tape recorder at home. And uh, he took an interest in me. In fact, you know, after my college days at Syracuse, and I basically followed him to Syracuse, where he was a broadcaster and also a great athlete. Uh, I ended up working for him as his writer and as backup uh, announcer when he could not uh, make a particular event. This was at WCBS Radio, and I was finishing up at NYU, so I got a real unbelievable uh, break at, at the time. And he, he's just—he was just such a great guy. And people may not be aware, he was a tremendous uh, football player at Syracuse. He was one of the fastest people at the time in the United States. You know, they called him uh, the, the the kid from Brooklyn who could run. <laughs> and he made the Olympics in yep. 1936, yep. Uh, the same Olympics as Jesse, Jesse Owens, but uh, was not allowed to run on the relay uh, because, according to Marty, uh, Hitler did not want any Jewish right. uh, athletes to win. Yep, that's and true. was not happy about Jesse Owens winning four gold medals either. <laughs> no, he wasn't. no, Marty uh, was, uh, was that guy, unbelievable athlete. Like you said, he was Jewish. He did compete in the Olympics and uh, went on to have this uh, magnificent career. And, yes, uh, you built in for him, kind of like uh, your son, who's a very, very dear friend of mine. I mean, I know your brothers, too, Alan Steve, for years. But Kenny and I are very, very close, as you know, his days in Bergen County, my days in Bergen County, relatively next-door neighbors. Uh, but And, of course, he went on to take over the Rangers when you left. But uh, you were there, 1994, more from the Rangers Won that Stanley Cup. Kick, save, and a beauty. That was that was your call, made so famous by you. 
Where does that uh, Ranger 94 season rank with all the, the Nick years that they won championships and all the rest of the stuff that you did? I, I would say that most Ranger fans never thought that they would see a Stanley Cup championship, uh, a Stanley Cup being raised uh, by anyone in a Ranger uniform. Uh, that, w- that was a thrill. That was a tremendous team. Uh, they look pretty good these days, too, uh, after all the trades that were made. But um, – that was, that was a real kick. I was I was only doing maybe a quarter to a half of the schedule because I had conflicts with NBC games and also Nick games. But uh, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that. So that was the Mark Messier led season, and Howie Rose did a lot of the games. And of course, his call of uh, Mato 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 yeah. will yep. not be forgotten <laughs> by Ranger fans. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was a great fun. I mean, the Rangers had a, a number of really good teams under Emil Francis in the uh, 60s and 70s, but just not good enough. And it was, you know, it was, a, it was a, a league of six teams also at that time. So it was very, very hard to win a championship yeah. with the success of uh, particularly the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins. Oh, but even the early 80s, the Rangers had some terrific teams led by my dear friend Ron Duguay, but those were the four Islander years. They couldn't beat the Islanders, but they were very good, the Rangers, right. back then. Eddie Mio, Mike Rogers, Duguay, Pavlich, all those guys. You have a very good memory. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, those were the guys, and, and uh, also so enjoyable to be around that, that particular team. Yeah. Um, they... Uh, basically, were uh, they came along at the wrong time, yeah. you know. So that happens in sports, you know, where a, a team can be very good, but it's just yep. it's not going to happen because you had, they had some going up against some superstar type teams, and it was it was very tough. Two more, we'll let you go. This is uh, the best of all time, folks, and I mean that sincerely. We say that often about people. We're very quick to throw out great, iconic. He really is the best ever, Marv Albert. You mentioned earlier you went to Syracuse. You did. And uh, Jim Beheim just left last uh, last week after Syracuse was ousted. And I have to tell you, for a guy that won a lot of games and championships, one of the greatest coaches in my lifetime, it was a pretty unceremonious departure. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I was surprised that he did it in that in that manner. Uh, Jim um, really did have great success, but I think in recent years it's been tough to recruit with, particularly with the. Uh, recruiting portal now where guys can just leave whenever they want. I think all college coaches are going through this and uh, he, he just wasn't getting the guys that he was getting in the past. So it, it wasn't working And it. What he went 47 years, which is pretty amazing and had great success. And I think will be considered one of the great coaches in college basketball history. But yeah, it was very, it was surprising. Uh, I'm sure they'll honor him in some way, but yeah. he, he just, uh, I think he just had a moment where he'd been thinking about it. They got knocked out of the uh, tournament possibility, and he decided that's it. But yeah. it was, yeah, I was, I was kind of uh, surprised about the way he left. His exit a lot less big, if you will, than Rick Pitino going to St. John's just yesterday. So, more of all the games you've done, again, the two Nick championships will close us up with Willis Reed momentarily, the Ranger Stanley Cup, the countless championships on TNT, the Jets, the Giants, college basketball, even tennis, the Jim Curry, you've done it all. But is it fair to say that this October, the 20-year anniversary of a certain bout on a cold October day at Chelsea Piers in New York City, when you sat on the dais with the likes of Don Imus, Mike Breen, Mike Lupica, <laughs> Mike Francesa, and Chris Russo, 
that my epic battle against my late great partner, Bernard McGurk, fear at the pier, was the greatest sporting event you ever called? I would say it's right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a day I won't forget. Yes, I, I do vividly. Recall that, yeah. Uh, are, you, are you okay, incidentally? No, that? not really. I've never been the same. And you know what's funny? They interview after the fight, and it's, I still have the tape, and they go, Marv, what do you think about Sid? And uh, you said, well, he saw a lot of guts, and he lasted three rounds. And then they said, well, was it, is it that he's tough or that he's stupid? And your quote was, a combination of both. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't recall if you laughed at that time, though. Uh, no, at that time I, I wasn't one. I, I was that, was, that was a very, that was a fun event, I must say, and it did raise money, so that was that was good. It yeah. was a great bunch of uh, of people there. It was. We actually we actually raised a quarter of a million dollars for, for kids with cancer oh, that day. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So on the way out, uh, let's kind of wrap this up in a pretty bow and end where we started again with the passing of Willis Reed yesterday. For young guys like me and even younger guys, like my son Gabriel, he's only 14. He's a big Nick fan. He thinks the Knicks started with Julius Randle, you know. Uh, the, the, passing of, <laughs> the passing of Willis Reed means what to the Nick organization, to the NBA, and specifically you, Marv Albert? It means everything to me and to the NBA. He was truly the captain. He was the heart and soul of that, that team. He, he represented the best in sports, uh, he was a wonderful guy, and uh, he he will really be missed. I mean, people say that a lot of times, but this is uh, – you'll see in the days to come when there's going to be a lot written about him and said about him, uh, uh, how how people just loved him. Well, I, I couldn't think of a better way to wrap this up, Marvin. You were there and knew him very, very well and all those great calls and – Thank you for doing this. I know you're busy. I'm sure a million folks are reaching out to you. You've always been very, very good to me. I really do love you. Thank you for doing this today, and God bless. Sid, thank you. Same to you. I appreciate that very much. The great Marv Albert, the day after we lost Willis Reed here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.